This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. Adrift in the great void of space, the personnel on Moonbase Alpha have experienced so much that is strange and inexplicable. They have become accustomed to expecting the unexpected. Paul, did you hear that? You hear what? I don't hear anything unusual. Welcome to the audio handbook of the Marvel Universe, a character-by-character look at the coolest heroes and villains that Marvel Comics has to offer. You can thank us later. For now, just listen. All right, Cool Breeze, we are back for another exciting episode of the Audio Handbook of the Marvel Universe, the show in which we take a look at some of the coolest heroes and villains that Marvel Comics has to offer through the lens of the seminal 1980s comic book guide, the Handbook of the Marvel Universe. Let me, uh, let me light that incense. Let me bang that gong. Let me, let me get ready for... A journey into the mind of Allison Blair, a.k.a. the Disco Dazzler. Alrighty, tidy whitey, what we like to do here at the Audio Handbook of the Marvel Universe is use the official handbook of the Marvel Universe as a way to guide us through the history of a... Some of the dopest heroes ever, and this week, like I said, we're going to take a look at Dazzler. Dazzler is one of my, she's one of my favorite cult heroes of all the, uh, all the time in space. For this one, though, we are, we're not using the old school, uh, Marvel handbooks. This is a more recent one. I believe it was published in 2012. I, I picked this up at a comic show. I got, like, I got, like, three or four volumes of this. It's pretty neat. It has, a. Uh, it has, like, a more current history of some of these characters. The The entry for Dazzler is mad long, so we're gonna, we're gonna do kind of like an abridged version. We're not gonna go over every, everything that there is, because this goes into a lot of, um, a lot of, like, X-Men nonsense. I'm not, like, the, uh, I'm not the biggest X-Men fan that there, there's ever been in time and space, but I, I don't know. I, I realize if you're gonna talk about Dazzler... You got to talk about some X Men nonsense, so we will, we will be going over that. Let's uh, let's start off with what she looks like. And this picture here, she's wearing more of a um, more of a current outfit than the uh, the old disco roller skate version by uh, John Romita that we all that we all know and love. And this, she has like she has a blue shirt with a star on it. She has like a like a short pink haircut. It's it's pretty cute. She has a few earrings and. She's wearing, like, uh, white pants with, I I guess you'd call them chaps over them, like cowboy chaps. And her shoes, uh, they honestly, they kind of look like Crocs. I don't think they are, but they do, they do look that way. And she has a, uh, black leather jacket on. It's not, it's not a bad look. Her belly button is exposed. She's wearing a little belly shirt. That's, that's definitely cute. But I, I myself, I prefer the classic, uh, white bodysuit with the long blonde hair. And the blue makeup and the uh, the roller disco skates. That's just me. I'm a uh, I'm a traditionalist, but you can't you can't stick with the disco look for your whole life. You know that's not that's not realistic. Let's look at some of the uh, 
some of just like the details. Her real name is Allison Allie Blair. She has gone under the alias of Disco Dazzler, Songbird, Nightingale, Skippy, Dolores, Rudolph, Allison Brown, and Sandy Blossom. I like that one, Sandy Blossom. Her identity is publicly known, and her occupation is that of a singer, adventurer, revolutionary, waitress, actress, gladiator, dance exercise instructor, and model. She's been, like, all over the place, man. She's done um, a bunch of things. She is a citizen of the U.S., and she was born in Gardendale, Long Island, New York. Her known relatives are Longshot, who she was married to, Carter Blair, her father, who's deceased, blah, 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 grandfather, da, 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 da. She has been affiliated with Excalibur. She was the guardian of the ex-babies. She was in the Mojoverse. She's been an X-Man. She was in the Lila Cheney band. She's been at the Gladiator. She's been all over the place, man. She was um, a model, blah, blah, blah. As far as her education... She graduated magna cum laude from a pre-law college program. And she first appeared in X-Men 130. That was back in, uh, that was back in 1980. She's, she's been around, she's done a bunch of stuff, and she is an accomplished person. Let's start into the history of Allison Blair. Doubly gifted with a beautiful singing voice and mutant light abilities, Allison Blair has long struggled to balance her show business aspirations and the responsibilities that come with her superpowers. She inherited her musical talent from her mother, Catherine, a successful New York jazz singer who married an up-and-coming lawyer, Carter Blair. While the free-spirited Catherine and the serious Carter were polar opposites, they were happy together throughout their courtship and early marriage. Carter disapproved of Catherine's profession regarding show business as demeaning and unsavory, but tolerated it because her income supported them while he was in law school. As of Allison's birth, Carter's practice was profitable enough to support their family, but Catherine refused to give up her musical career. The couple began fighting incessantly, and Catherine spent more time in clubs, keeping late hours and drinking heavily. While Allison was still a toddler, Catherine fell for a charming lowlife named Nick Brown, who encouraged her drinking and hooked her on drugs. What a winner. She abandoned her family, claiming it was for Allison's own good since her long-broken marriage had created a terrible home environment. Catherine divorced Carter, married Nick, and had a daughter with him, Lois. But the second marriage soon soured. Nick's infidelity and physical abuse drove Catherine deeper into addiction until finally she found the courage to leave taking little Lois with her. She changed her name to Barbara Lundgren, sobered up, and became a music teacher, forsaking her past life. That's all pretty crazy, man. That's heady stuff for a Marvel comic. Alison Blair really had a rough upbringing, and I I feel for her mother, man, but uh, why why did she get involved with this lowlife? I know she was having problems, but this, this guy, Nick, he seems like a, uh, seems like a real jerk, but eventually... It's nice to see that she was able to get her life together and get uh, get away from him and, you know, become a teacher. Get her life back on track. That's all good stuff. Let's get back to the, uh, let's get back to the history. That was, that was a real bummer, I'll tell you what. Allison grew up quietly in Gardendale where her loving grandmother, Bella, helped raise her. A stern and demanding parent, Carter never told Allison how her mother had left them. However, the divorce intensified Carter's disdain for show business and he discouraged Allison's dream of a singing career despite her obvious talent, constantly pressuring her to follow in his footsteps as a lawyer. Regardless, Allison sang wherever she could in her room, at parties, in glee club, everywhere. Allison began suffering migraines due to her gradually emerging mutant powers. When she sang at the Gardendale High Spring Spectacular, 
against her father's wishes. The excitement of the performance triggered her latent mutant powers and she unwittingly generated a spectacular light show while singing. When the Blazing Lord's street gang attacked the crowd as revenge for being barred from the event, Allison instinctively used her light powers to generate a dazzling flash that temporarily blinded everyone in the auditorium except herself. The crowd assumed her light show was a mechanical effect that malfunctioned, so her powers remained a secret. Over the ensuing years, she divided her time between intensive academic studies and performing with various musical groups. However, she also experimented with her powers in private. The Blazing Lords. What a what a name for a gang. They sound like a like a bunch of real real tough guys. Blazing Lords. I wonder what happened after they got um they got flashed by that light. You think they're like, "Ah, I'm blinded." And they all all ran away, but like they bumped into each other, like they turned, bumped, bumped, and then then like ran out. I I wonder. But the thing the thing I gather from this is people are going to be who they're going to be. You know, you can't you can't stop somebody from being who they're going to be despite your best wishes. Her dad wanted her to be a lawyer and she she fronted like she was going to be. She gave it a shot. She did her best. But in 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 the end, she's going to be Disco Dazzler. In the end, she's going to sing. It's in her heart. She needs to sing. She needs to be herself. That's that's one lesson I've learned from parenting. You can try. You can do your best. But people are going to be who they're going to be, man. You can't you can't change what's in somebody's heart. And if somehow somehow you manage to do so, they're not going to be happy. They're not going to want to do what you want them to do. And in the end... They're going to resent you. The best thing you can do is, like, you can try to give guidance. You can try to, you know, nudge people a little bit. Maybe maybe explain why you feel a certain way. But in the end, they're going to do what they're going to do. You know, you just, everyone's going to be themselves, man. Let's uh, let's go back into this history. This is, uh, this is good stuff. After many years of practicing alone, Dazzler made her debut at a rundown lower Manhattan disco, having incorporated disco elements into her Dazzler guys and much of her early repertoire. Her audience included several members of the heroic X-Men who had Detective Dazzler and Mutancy and thought to uh, recruit her. The show was interrupted when mutant-hating, mutant-hunting rather, Hellfire Club soldiers attacked. Though reluctant to use her powers for violence, Dazzler helped the X-Men defeat them and even aided in rescuing several of the X-Men from the Hellfire Club. However, when the X-Men informed Dazzler that she was a mutant and invited her to join them, she declined, preferring to conceal her mutant nature and only to use her powers in performance. Blair's X-Men encounters set the pattern for much of her early Dazzler career. Working as a singer, getting drawn into battle with various menaces due to her powers, befriending assorted superheroes, and then moving on alone. That really was a trope of early Dazzler comics. She would be, like, performing on stage, something would happen, some uh, villain would attack or whatever, and then she would kind of team up with the hero for a while, be it Spider-Man, be it whoever, and then they would be like, you should join us, Dazzler, you should become part of the crew, and she'd be like, no, I'm a singer, I don't want to do it. But then at her next show, like, Juggernaut would attack, and she would team up with, like, Wolverine. This didn't happen, I'm making this one up. But she would, like, team up with them, they'd ask her to join, and she'd be like, no. I'm only a singer. I I don't know, man. She you know she wanted to be who she was. That was something we talked about earlier. You gotta you gotta be who you want to be, despite what uh, other people want from you. I think I think that's like the underlying message of the uh, Dazzler tale. You know, you gotta be you gotta be yourself. You're gonna be who you're drawn to be, even though even though people might want different things from you. But um, over the years, she does dabble in superhero dumb. Let's uh let's jump ahead and talk a little bit about that. 
we are we're doing the abridged version of this. We're skipping ahead. A lot of the uh, things we're passing up on are involving like her music career and her her I guess you would say lack of success and her her sketchy agents, all kinds of uh all kinds of stuff like that. It's interesting, but this is this is like a superhero show, not a behind the music. I guess if you're doing Dazzler, there is some behind the music, but um we're gonna we're gonna jump ahead. Hunted, hated, directionless, and desperate. Dazzler finally joined the X-Men. Despite her reluctance and her fear that she couldn't measure up to her more experienced partner, Dazzler gradually developed greater self-confidence and more formidable fighting skills, becoming an effective and long-serving member of the group. She also reconciled with some extent with her old foe Rogue, now her teammate, and started a romance with fellow new recruit Longshot, a swashbuckling hero from the other dimensional Mojoverse. That's some, uh, that's some X-Men nonsense if ever was one. Along the way, Allison discovered that the criminal juggernaut was one of her biggest fans, though that didn't stop her from helping the X-Men defeat him. When Dazzler and her fellow X-Men sacrificed themselves to save the world from the adversary, Cosmic Overseer Roma rewarded the team by resurrecting them. What? The group had become wanted outlaws and were still being hunted by major menaces such as the Marauders who threatened their friends and loved ones. So they decided to keep their resurrection secret and began operating covertly out of a base in the Australian outback. I do not know anything about that, but that is, that's a bunch of X-Men hokum if I ever heard it before. And I apologize to anybody who's like really into this because the X-Men are popular, man. They were, you know, they were the top book for a long time. Let's see, where were we? This new arrangement proved effective for a time as the X-Men neutralized the Marauders and various other threats, but when the team began losing members and facing seemingly certain doom at the hands of the Cyborg Reavers, interim leader Psylocke decided to save her surviving teammates by mentally influencing them to enter the Siege Perilous, a mystical portal through which they were born, reborn, into new lives. Rematerializing in Malibu, an amnesiac Allison was found and assisted by Lila Cheney's bodyguard Guido. By now, her old friend Fred Stanacek had brought out Beale Productions' assets after Eric Beale went bankrupt, and Fred had found a copy of Dazzler's movie. At one point, she made... She made a movie. It was, um, it was never released up until this point. Discovering Allison's resurrection, Fred persuaded her to help him find backers to complete, promote, and distribute the film, which quickly became a cult classic, fueling new interest in Dazzler as a musician, as a celebrity. So, there you have it. Once what was old is now new. Eventually, she went back on tour. Deadpool was her bodyguard and things things were pretty good for her you know she got what she wanted she became a um she became a star albeit a kitschy disco star not like a well-revered pop star but still you know you gotta you gotta deal with what you have not what you hope for you know and making it in any way is awesome you know as long as you're as long as you're on the up and up you know making it in a sketchy way is whack but she made it she made it for real even though you know it wasn't what she wanted. Dazzler! Dazzler's one of my favorites. I, I always wished better for her. I wished for her to be like an A-list star. I always wanted a Dazzler movie. And we we never got one. Which was which was a bummer. What I like to do at the end of the uh, the show. Like the final segment of this. I like to go online to um the biggest marketplace in the world. Which is known as eBay. And I like to, I like to see what some uh, Dazzler merchandise is out there. And what um... What you might pay for some of these things. Let's uh let's type Dazzler into here, into the uh good old eBay search thing. You wanna put Dazzler Marvel just to uh 
just to kind of differentiate between other things that may be named Dazzler. Let's see. There, there are a few different Dazzler action figures. Here is one. Um, it was a... Uh, it. It looks like it's a Marvel Legend. I'm not really too familiar with these. They're Marvel Legend Retro Waves. You can get pick this one up for like 25, 30 bucks. It's her in her in her blue outfit with the red headband. Again, not my favorite, but there is a uh there's another Dazzler Marvel Legend which I do have of her in the white disco suit. I like that one a lot. She has little roller skates. I I think it's really a great figure. I picked it up at the uh, Sebastopol flea market when when it was kind of like hard to come by, but now it seems like you can get it just about everywhere. When I go to Target, it's like on the rack like crazy. They also made a mini mate. She came packaged with long shot. I have um, I have this one too. Again, it's her in the blue with the uh, with the leather jacket. Let's see what let's see what some comics go for. Um, some some first appearances of a uh, good old disco Daz. Let's see. Um, got a. Gotta wait for the search to load, and then we will find out. What you want to do is you want to look at the sold to get like an actual idea of what um what people are paying. That's the uh that's the best way to uh, get a real value. This comic, this comic's really gone up over the years. Somebody here paid one. This is like a non graded one. They paid a hundred bucks, one hundred dollars and eight cents. That was uh this auction just ended yesterday, and there were there were thirty one bids. Somebody did a buy it now for uh, $69. This is a this is a comic I have. I picked it up at uh, Concord Con for I think I think like 20 or 30 bucks. Not like not like a ton. Let's see what Dazzler number 1 goes for. That's a comic over the years I would see Dazzler number 1 in the uh, in many a quarter bin at the comic store and I would always grab it and over the years the the value has gone up it's not like it's not like a very uh super high valued comic you could pick them up for like 20 25 bucks but I I actually have like five or six of these in my comic box right now I I'm a big Dazzler fan I'm trying to get like I'm trying to get the entire run of Dazzler I got a lot of them I don't have them all or even even really close. I'm probably missing like 20 or 30, but I would like to get a whole, get a whole run of those. Dazzler, Dazzler actually made an appearance in the, uh, final X-Men movie by, um, by Fox. It was a Fox or Sony. The, the one that's the, uh, Dark Phoenix with, uh, Sansa Stark. If you, if you look closely, they're having like a, uh, like a bonfire and you can see Dazzler in there singing. And I, I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was great. There she was on screen. I was, I was blown away. It was great. It made the whole, made the whole movie worthwhile to me, you know. It was, it was great. I know Dazzler has a lot of fans out there, but, um, it doesn't seem like, doesn't seem like she's ever, she's ever connected in a way that, um, that's kind of mainstream. You know what we actually, what we actually forgot? We forgot to go over her, uh, her powers. Let's, uh, let's do that really quick. Dazzler is five foot eight and 115 pounds with blue eyes and strawberry blonde hair that is currently dyed pink. She is a mutant transducer. Transducer. Dazzler constantly absorbs sonic energy from sounds in her vicinity and converts this into light. Her body can absorb and convert any type of sound, though she often prefers using pop music to charge her powers because of its steady beat and its pleasant qualities. I would use like 
I would use like boom in 90s hip hop, 80s, 90s, like boom, bap kind of, kind of stuff. The only sound she cannot convert into light is that of her own voice, unless it's artificially amplified. Like, if she runs it through a microphone, she can do it, but she cannot do it otherwise. While her light powers originally needed frequent, near-constant recharging, she can now store significant sonic energy within her body, enabling her light powers to function without a recharge for extended period. In recent times, Dazzler has developed a mysterious new additional superpower, self-regenerative, self-resurrection ability. Seemingly killed several times, she has always revived within minutes and fully recovered. That's, that's a good power, man. I... I would not mind having that one, even though, um, well, you know what? I might actually have that. I don't know. I've never been killed as so far, knock on wood. But you never know, man. Maybe I'll pop right back up like, uh, like Disco Daz. So, there you have it. I hope that you guys consider this to be, like, a worthwhile time. I hope you had a good time. I enjoyed learning about, uh, Dazzler. I did skip over a lot, because a lot of it's, like, a lot of it I feel is, like, not important to the overall tale of Dazzler. She had, like, you know, some failed relationships, some failed musical things and stuff, and that's all, that's all sad, but I, I don't know, I don't feel like it, it adds, like, an incredible amount of importance to the overall tale. It's just, it's just details, you know, and I wanna, I wanna keep this under an hour, you know, I feel like a good 20, 25 minutes is perfect length for a Marvel audio handbook. We're gonna get up out of here, it's time to uh, power down the station and head back into life, so until next time, guys! Make mine Marvel.